Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheep. A Time Wheel Production. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. Thank you for coming back. We're here today with Jason House, the owner, CEO, president of Iridium Sports. How's it going, sir? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's uh, snowing here. It just started snowing for the first time here in Colorado. Nice, nice. Yeah. But uh, how, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. It's it, uh, it's starting to finally get cold in Vegas. Nothing like Denver or in Colorado, but it's it's getting there. Okay, so you're in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I thought you might be in California with Jacob. Yeah, moved, moved to Vegas once the pandemic hit. Just the UFC is doing so many shows here now. It, it just made sense. You know, we'd be living in a hotel basically if uh, yeah, we're still in California. <laughs> so you know, just so the people know, Iridium Sports Agency <laughs> sponsors uh, are represents a lot of the athletes in the UFC and, and other organizations and um, like the uh, champion of the world, Brandon Marino. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> how does that, how, yeah, that's really cool. Actually. Let's start, talk about that. Cause yeah. you, well, cause you started, you know, a sports agency and I guess the goal would be to get champions and you have yeah. a champion. Tell me about yeah. that. You know, uh, the, 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 this year with Brandon has really been surreal. And it's funny you bring it up because what I realized was it really didn't hit me until like I was in a hotel on his media tour. Like, I think it was like two weeks after we had won the title that I finally like break down and cry and, and just really let it all sink in of what, you know, 12 years of work had led to, you know, just to see Brandon have this moment. And, you know, one, Brandon's just, uh, the salt of the earth. I just don't think there's a better human being than, than Brandon Moreno. I just truly feel he's, he's what he, he deserves everything that he's gotten this year. And, uh, you know, it's just been a wild ride. Cause when we signed him, not many people know this. When we signed him, he was cut from the UFC. Wow. Yeah. And you signed him after he was cut. Yeah. So he was cut and I, and I didn't know this. Like he was my wife's favorite fighter. My wife loved Brandon Moreno and you know, Brandon had beaten Lewis Smoker, one of my longtime clients and dearest friends. So not that I had animosity towards him, but I probably wasn't his biggest fan back then, right? I was like, man, he beat us. For, forget him. Uh, and then my wife's like, oh, I just love him, his 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 personality and his energy, and and she'd be in his DMs, like, hey, do you have a manager? I think he'd be great for, to work with my husband. And and I'd be like, babe, stop stop hitting him up. Like he, he's probably as a manager. Like don't get us in trouble with anyone. And so finally the opportunity came, Cheeto introduced us. Cheeto said, Hey, you know, he's looking for management. But at the time I didn't know he was cut. So when we signed him, you know, I called the UFC, they informed us that he was, that he was released by the UFC. So to go through this whole process of the buildup, you know, win on the regional scene, get, get back into the UFC, run the gambit that is, you know, the top 15 and then get to that title fight. It's, it's really been a surreal moment. And, uh, I'm just forever grateful to be a part of that and a part of his journey in this business. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, as a sheath company, um, we've been wanting a champion as well. And so to, yeah. to pick him up and then for him to fight for the title and win was just electrifying. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all him choking out uh, Figueiredo, Figueiredo. It was, uh, I was just like, yes, it was so awesome. So, uh, and, you know, we've been working with a lot of fighters for a couple years now, and that, it just really puts the icing on the cake. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you we both started, sounds like, 12 years ago-ish. Mm -hmm. So it's been a long ride. How, yeah. tell, me, tell me about how you got started with all this. So I finished playing college baseball, went to law school, was kind of missing the camaraderie that kind of comes along with, with being part of a team. So I started training at Team Oyama. I was doing jiu-jitsu uh, with Jiva Santana. And, you know, Jiva really became like a father-like figure in my life. We really bonded. Uh, I got introduced to, to Colin Oyama, another very important figure in my life. And so I was just asking questions and kind of seeing how the industry was working and then a sports agent came to talk to 
my law school one day and he actually represented MMA fighters. And so I literally blew this guy's phone up for about four or five days. He finally took my call, got an internship there, started working there. And then when I'd finished, you know, completing law school, I, I kind of told my, my father that I kind of wanted to go on my own. I had some, uh, some character differences with the owner of that agency who later get banned by the UFC. I'll leave it by that, like at that, you know, and I knew where, where that was headed. And, and my father had kind of given me the advice that, you know, Hey, you should leave. You should go on your own. You should, you should try this. And worst case, if it doesn't work out, that law firm job would always be there for you. So I, you know, passed the bar, started working at Outback Steakhouse while managing fighters and did that for two years and, and really, you know, helped get the company on its feet. <laughs> wow. I like the Outback Steakhouse story. Yeah. Yeah, and you're a lawyer, and you're working at Outback while you're trying to pursue your dream. It, it, it's humbling, you know. It's humbling when you see your, your law school colleagues, and they're driving nice cars, and they're buying nice homes in Orange County, and you know, I'm serving tables, and people are yelling at me because their steak wasn't cooked right. And I'm like, "Sir, I didn't cook your steak. I'll gladly fix the steak for you. I'm just trying to get by and build my business." You know, so wow. it was definitely some very humble times in my life. But I look back on them with with a lot of joy and appreciation for what they did for me. Orange County, that's uh, expensive living there. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, I was. I lived there uh, from like my freshman to junior year in high school in orange uh huntington beach and then i went I, and then i went to georgia graduated high schools went to college kind of failed out of college from being an idiot and then moved back to california for a few years and ultimately ended up leaving again when i realized like at this pace of work and and scale of pay i'm not going to ever be able to buy a house here so figured I'd move to Texas and then yeah. yeah ultimately they pay you based on kind of the price of living in a g- yeah. general area so when I moved to Texas then my pay went from $20 an hour to $10 an hour and so I was just like okay well that didn't work out quite how I planned <laughs> but then so I joined the army and then kind of the rest is a little bit history on that front but nice what what, what part of Orange County did you live in so I actually uh, grew up in Diamond Bar, which is right on the cor- the, bo- the border of Orange County. I went to law school in Costa Mesa, so that's kind of where I was at. And I was working in Outback Steakhouse in Brea. So, okay. yeah, I spent a lot of time out in Orange County and, and kind of uh, making a lot of friends out there. <laughs> I went to Orange Coast Community College, which was in right. Costa Mesa. So okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very familiar with that area. Um, I actually did graduate from that college, but... And then ultimately went to like a couple more colleges and then finally got my bachelor's and master's in business. So it's nice to have that in the bag, you know, but I don't really use it. Do you you use your uh, legal degree much? I mean, not as much as, you know, I would like to tell people, you know, like reviewing contracts, obviously that's part of law, but, uh, you know, I always laugh. I feel like a lot of, business that you learn is really life lessons you learn growing up, right? Just yeah. how to treat others, how to yeah. listen very well, you know, how to just serve others. I think if you can serve other people, they're going to naturally want to help you back. And, uh, you know, that I, I do think law school helped, but, it, you know, I, I don't think college and law school helped as much as people would like to perceive sometimes. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, the, tr- the doing things in a certain way, treating people in a certain way where you do, like, do more than they ask of you and, and you know, just deliver, go the extra mile and have, be a positive kind of uh, person and, and have a good relationship with them and not, you know, blow things up. It's, do, have you read any success books? Yes, yes, yes. What's, I read a lot. What's your favorite success book? I think How to Win Friends and Influence Others by Dale Carnegie is is a huge one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read um, that. Relentless by Tim Grover is uh, up there. It's very high, high on my list. He just came out with a new book called Winning I really like a lot. Um, I've been reading a lot of Simon Siniak. I think that's how you pronounce his name a lot lately. Um, I just read Your Next Five Moves. I think that uh, by Patrick David Bett, I believe his name is. Wow. I enjoyed that one as well. Uh, you know, I try to read a, a book a month. You know? Okay, so yeah, you're you're knocking them out. I, yeah. my team and I, we 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 all, I'll I send my team a book and we all I read it together. It. And yeah. we, great. 
we'll uh yeah the last the first one we read was success no yeah success through a positive mental attitude by napoleon hill mm -hmm. and then we just read this getting things done which was super boring but really like digging into having an external mind like just writing basically writing everything down so that you're not yep. trying to jumble it all in your head all the time and that was pretty good now we're reading uh the science of getting rich which is a very short book and it's very woo based like magic yeah, yeah. but uh I, I like that kind of stuff because i almost feel like the way i got to where i'm at had to be some sort of magical spell <laughs> because i'm you know i was just supposed to be a janitor or something in, in, in yeah. high school yeah. or something not running a multinational business and as you are you know i'm sure you represent you represent athletes all over the world or at least in multiple countries yeah if you, like that, if you like that type of books you should check out the alchemist it's a, it's a really good book yeah i read it yeah <laughs> I, love that. I love that book yeah i have to i'll have to have that my team reread that with me because that was just lovely and inspirational and yes so you you believe in the magic a little bit as well yeah, you know, I, I think people are looking for it elsewhere, but really I think it lies inside of you. And, I, and that may sound cheesy and corny at times, but I truly believe we're, we have everything we need inside of us to to achieve whatever it is that our, that our heart desires. I think we really have to stay true to the course and, and stay on. I think that's the hard part, right? I mean, success is never a straight line. It's always, you know, zigzagged up. And I think that's where people have the misconception. Um human beings are very resilient. We just need to show it from time to time. And I think that's where the success comes in. And I think that's why I think Brandon Moreno is such a success. It's such a great story because he's had so much adversity in his life and he just, he just shows up every day. It's all he does. He shows up every damn day, gives it his best, whether he's the last pick on the ultimate fighter, whether he lost the first round, of the ultimate fighter, where he got back into the UFC then he gets cut by the UFC, whether he's fighting at an Indian casino in California to get his job back, getting back into the UFC. Like he, he constantly just shows up. And I think that's the key. Right. And I think that's why a lot of people are attracted to MMA fighters because so many of them have amazing stories like that where they just stay the course. And I think it's not who's good. It's who's left. I think that rings true in business too, right? It's not who's good. It's who's left. Who can stand the test of time, achieve and do twelve years and keep going and going? That that's that's the name of the game, you know. People ask me, "Oh, give me some advice." I'm like, "Stay the course. Don't get you know." Of course, it's not who's, who's left. Yeah, persistence is one of the you know <laughs> chapters of Think and Grow Rich, and right. I have Sheath tattooed on my back because I actually had a billion dollar idea for a company when I was twenty, and kind of half-assedly attempted to make it a reality but gave up at the first sign of difficulty you know mm -hmm. and six years later when i saw the product i imagined in my head on the shelves at like walmart and lowe's and home depot i was just like a kick in the stomach if i had just stayed the course yeah i would have that would have been me you know yeah. and but from that failure i learned to never give up again and so when I started Sheath, I, you know, I tattooed it on my back and I just said, I'm never going to quit because I, you know, I truly believed in the product. So I knew yeah. that it could be successful if I got it out there. And so, and you know, that's one thing that definitely have. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can't like, not every product is going to make it. You know, but if you, I, maybe, I don't know, but you, if, if you, if you truly believe in it, then other people will believe in it also. It's kind of yeah. what I was going to get at. <laughs> and uh, so it sounds we both stay the course and yeah. here we are. And I, I, I like working with you and Jacob. Shout out to Jacob. He's amazing. He's going to be so good. I, yeah. I, always, I always tell Jacob, I'm like, Jacob, you're what, 25, 26 years old when, when you're 37, you're going to be 10 times the agent I ever was, and I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be clapping, cheering for you. He just works so hard. And I, I look at him and I think, man, if you could only see where you're going to be in 10 years, you're going to be so, you know, keep your nose on the grindstone because you're going to make it, man. You're going to be big. Yeah, he gets it about, you know, about the giving, you know, and then ultimately it comes back to you, you know, yeah. give, give, 
ask that Garrett, there's like a Gary Vaynerchuk kind of theory, you know, jab, jab, punch, but it's give, give, you know, don't ask right away, you know, yeah. give, show what you can do and then provide some value and then maybe, you know, kind of yep. ask for something. And he's got, he's got it. I don't know if he read certain books or is just natural, but his positive attitude is in line with success for sure. Yeah. Um, tell me how you got your first client. So my first client ever was LaRon Wilson. He actually played football in college with my strength coach in college. And so when I went back to college to see my strength coach and I said, Hey, I'm going to be, uh, representing fighters. And he's like, Hey, actually my roommate from college is fighting now. You should, uh, talk to him. And so kind of one relationship that, that led to another and, you know, LaRon is a real pioneer for my agency because he really helped get my name out there. You, you know, I was, I graduated law school at 24 years old. I was young, you know, I barely could grow facial hair at the time. And he really helped to vouch for me. And, and I'm forever indebted to him because he believed, he took a chance on me when, when not many probably were willing to do so. And uh, we had a lot of great experiences together and, you know, ultimately he helped lead me to my first UFC client and, uh, you know, I'm forever grateful for the role that he's played in our agency. That reminds me of like Jerry Maguire a little bit, getting that yeah. first client yeah. and really yeah. just sticking to them like glue and making sure yeah. everything goes right for them. And then ultimately yeah. that will lead to more clients. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. Um, that's what, okay. So, and then you just, you see, you start representing him and you start trying to find people to sponsor him and stuff like that. Yeah. So I end up booking him a fight in Cortez, Colorado, which you may be familiar with. <laughs> it was like $400 to show up and fight $200. If he won, I had to drive 11 hours from California to Cortez with him. You know, uh, he won the fight. Uh, at a, it was at the Ute mountain casino, I believe it's called. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was so excited. I left the arena without getting the check. I was so pumped. I was like, <clears throat> this is the best thing ever. This is what I want to do my whole life. This is my calling. I had him like a, you know, a couple sponsors. I did pretty good for my first fight. I felt like, and, um, yeah, it just, it just took off from there. And I mean, that feeling I'll never forget. I was like, man, this is it's like a drug to me. I want to do this every day for the rest of my life. This is amazing. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. That's inspirational. I like literally one year from the time I, I attended my first MMA fight, I was booking my first MMA fight for a client. Okay. Yeah. And so you've always kind of been a fan of the sport and practitioner. Yeah. So when I, when I'd finished playing college baseball, I, my, one of my teammates called me and said, Hey man, come over to the house. We have the fights over. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'll come watch it. You know? And I went over there and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, what a <laughs> like this is, this is amazing. And I went and signed up and started training and, you know, started deep diving as far as I could to watch everything and anything. And then the opportunity came at my law school. And, and I gotta be honest, that was real scary, brother. If I want to be honest with you, two and a half years in law school, so that's six and a half years of total school, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, 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 in tuition and stuff. Thank, thankfully I got quite a few scholarships. You're sitting back going like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Like seven years of school, you're supposed to know like the DA job was not there because Schwarzenegger passed a bill cutting 10% of the workforce. So they told me they couldn't hire me for a year until after I graduated, which I can't sit around for a year. I was, work I was working for a construction defect firm and I was like, man, the pay is really good, but I don't really feel good screwing people, right? Like you re we represented the big development companies. We go in there and say, yeah, hey, it's not that bad. We'll give you this. Go away. And just didn't really feel good at all. And you're sitting back going like, man, this is not what I was thinking. That the, Like, I really wanted to serve and give to others. This is not what I thought. Right. He doesn't come talk to me and tell me, hey, there's an opportunity for you to be an agent. You're like, what? Really? I can do this? Like, I was sold, hooked. And um, I was obsessed. I, I was like spending the night at, at that agent's house. I would like work to the wee hours just trying to get my foot in the door in this business. This episode is brought to you in part by Element Kombucha. It's a new sponsor. We're very excited. They sent me a care package and I drank them all. I can't even show you. I could show you this empty bottle right here, but uh, it's uh, Element Kombucha. They have CBD uh, um, infusions, THC free, really 
tasty blends. You know, kombucha is good for the, the gut bio. So if you have been taking antibiotics, it's always good to take some probiotics. And Element Kombucha is sponsoring this show. They're supporting us. So we're asking you to support them. They actually have really good prices. It's like 10 15 bucks for a six or eight pack on their different options. They have variety packs, or you can just get the summer vibes blend, whatever you want. It's at elementkombucha.com. Promo code RPG11 will save you 11% on your purchase, and they'll know that we sent you, and we would appreciate the support. Last but not least, sheathunderwear.com the greatest underwear on the planet, the underwear of legends, the underwear that keeps your balls from sticking to your legs. That's right. This is the best underwear because it keeps your boys cool. Check out she'sunderwear.com. Back to the show. Okay, so yeah, you so you went to work for him because I was thinking like what made you think that you could compete in a business where there's already established you know i will say this in a, in a well one okay let's let's backtrack a little bit here uh uh one because the sport was so young i was able to have i'd, I was, I'd be able now looking back on i was able to get a market share that i probably wouldn't be able to get um today right you ever read the book outliers by maxim gladwell where he kind of talks about like you have to be born in a certain place in a certain year to hit a certain market at that right time. Like if I was born two years later, the Fox deal for the UFC already hit. There's probably agents infiltrating already at that point. I'm, I'm behind. It had, yep. I mean, I literally went to school in Orange County where a hotbed of MMA was. Mm-hmm. There's there's only three or four major agencies. One of them happened to be in Huntington Beach. So there's a lot of things I look back on I felt went, went, went my way. But anyways, back to what I was saying. So I started working for him, and I, I felt like he – I don't know if he was – I don't say lazy, but he let me do a lot quickly, right? He let me get my foot in the door. And I started realizing like, wait a minute, I can do this. I can do what they do. I, I, I'm good at this. Like, I'm sure you realize there was like an, oh, like an aha moment in your life. Like, man, this is my calling. Like I'm, and I'd be listening to him like negotiate deals with the UFC and negotiate deals with Dream and Strikeforce at the time and WEC. And I'd hear him on the phone of all these people. And I'm like, okay, that's what he's doing. And he would tell me I did this. Yeah, I switched this and I went for this. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And I started thinking like, man, I, I can do this. And, you know, he was a very good age. I'm not trying to knock him, but like seeing him do it, he, he gave me confidence that I could do it. Not that, you know, he didn't do a good job or he's any less of a man, but he just showed me like, hey, this is not hard. You can do this, you know? And it, yeah. Yeah, because me. you might if you imagine somebody might think that someone running a company is, more than a man, like we idolize them and put them 100%, on a pedestal. 100%. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. Like you, you kind of put it up there on a pedestal and you're like, wait, I can do this. I, I <laughs> know. And I was seeing how the company was ran, how you do the books and how you do this and that. And I was like, man, I, I, I can I can run this. And so when I had Laurent and I started getting sponsors, I'm like, oh, I, I got two sponsors. I did pretty good. I booked a fight. Hey, got him a good matchup. He won. I'm like, let's go. Let's, let's start picking this up. And then it was just try to be in as many MMA events as possible and shake as many hands as possible and just get my name out there. Do you look for fights for your clients that are favorable to your clients or, or what, how does that work? So yeah, kind of like when you, like a majority of our athletes, we sign when they're very young in their career and we work with the regional promoters to build them up, get them the right fights, kind of, you know, uh, not so much easy fights, but the right fights in their, in their development, right? You kind of pass one test, you go to the next test and you keep going because the truth of the matter is if you fought Sister Mary the Blind from Idaho five times and you, you know, you got five wins real quick, you get to the UFC, you're, you're going to get exposed. You have to do your due diligence and homework on the regional scene so that when they get to the UFC, they're ready to have success there. My job is to prepare them for long-term success and a long-term career. It's not to get them to the UFC. When guys say, hey, I want to sign with you. You can get me in the UFC. He's like, nope, that's not the goal. Let's rephrase this. My goal is to prepare you for long-term success in this business, both inside the cage and outside the cage. And that's what's important. I think that's why the culture of our agency has been successful because we're preparing them every step of the way for success in every area of their life. You know, I, I want to like serve get to them. Like, like just how- like if you get them young, you can help them like, Hey, you know, let's, let's find a good account for you. Let's get you, let's get you, make sure you're good with your books. Let's get you a corporation. Now let's get you dialed in here. You know, let's pay your team on time. Let's be, you know, very 
good in business, right? Let's turn our medicals to the promoter on time. Let's get the contract in on time, ticket sales, just being very detailed oriented in every area because I feel like <clears throat> to be a champion, you have to be a champion in every area of your life. I feel like life's going to expose you if, if you're not a champion in one area of your life. You have to be a champ in everything you do, in your nutrition, in your personal life, in your professional life, in your training. Every area has to be that good. And again, going back to Brandon, seeing that really demonstrated, okay, this is the way. And, 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 that, and that's really what it was like. You know, people always will say things like, when Brandon became champ, like they like, like they associated me doing like, oh, now you're a great agent. I was a great agent before Brandon became champion. All that did was validate that the process led to that result. And our process was proper and correct. And that's the thing that we need to inf- in, in, instill into our athletes when they're young is to put them in that process and make sure they, they do everything properly so that they can have success down the road. This uh, qu- a quote from Jake Paul, newest star in the fighting world. Uh, champions do champion shit. And, I, you know, so setting them up like that help uh, you know is uh setting up for success i guess you know champions do championship um i had something else pretty good hmm i lost it uh like he'll say that and people will kind of but he's not wrong he's not wrong when he's saying this He, he is right you have to be a champ in every area. And I, and I think that's why it's been contagious. For example, you ever notice like when you have a champion in the gym, like the gym usually has a ton of success because everyone is feeling that energy, right? Everyone is, is, you know, Brandon, Brandon had five of his teammates to get signed to the UFC, like in a two week period this summer on contenders, because why they're, they're seeing that, right? Like you are the five people that you hang around with the most. I believe yeah. that, you know, these things are a lot of cliche and, you hear it all the time and it's an Instagram quote and people are like, ah, I've seen this enough. It's true. Man, you're having success in your business and you can, you can attest to this too. It's, it's the simple things like that, that get it done. Right. If you're hanging out with the right people, you're in the right circles, you're going to, you're going to end up in the right places. That's just natural. And I feel that champions do championship. Well then, Hey, the people around those champions, if they're following and doing that championship, well, guess what? They're going to have success too. And, and that's not, it's not hard to figure out. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I, I like that you guys are working with your athletes so closely and, and helping them because I know like they're just fighters, you know, they don't they don't know anything else and you wouldn't even really want them focusing on too much else other no. than fighting and helping them set them up for success, whether it's the UFC or Bellator, PFL or one yeah. FC, whatever. You know, I, I like how you kind of corrected one, you know, what some of your athletes who want just just want to get in the UFC. I mean, there's so many avenues now, yeah. and some you know, some Bellator fighters and some PFL fighters make more than the fighters in the UFC. It's just that name brand, I guess. It, it, it's different strokes for different folks. For some people, PFL is going to be a great fit. For others, it'll be Bellator, and for some, it's going to be the UFC. And I think if you, excuse me, take it case by case with each client they'll find the best route for them. And that's really what we try to do at the agency. I have some clients in PFL that have had a ton of success. Some in Bellator have done, have done an amazing job. And we have athletes in the UFC that are doing extremely well. You know, I, I, don't, I always try to keep an open mind and figure out what's the best path for that athlete in this point in their career. Well, I'll say this. Um, you know, for Sheath, like you were saying earlier, the right time and the right place. You know, if I were to try to start Sheath right now with the – inflation and all the prices going up and taxes going up and shipping and all, and like this, um, yeah. the sourcing from China and other countries is just like the supply chain management. I was like, good luck trying to start now because you the barrier for entry is going to be far greater. greater. Yeah. Do you have, do you ever have to cut someone? We have in the past. For, for me, I just feel the culture of this group is everything. If you protect the culture, you're going to have long-term success. If you don't protect the culture of your business, it's over. It's game over. It's a wrap. And I learned that at a very young age. Very early in my career, I learned that it, talent will take you places your character is not ready to go to. You need to chase high-character athletes. You go after high-character, the talent will, will take care of itself down the road. But if you go after talent and their character is not there, you're going to get exposed. 
And for me, I just want high character people in, in my agency to, to protect the culture. And sometimes <clears throat> we're not a good fit for you. That's okay. Maybe you're made for, maybe you're a better fit for someone else. And that that's totally fine. I'm not for everyone, but for those that I'm for, we're going to do damn good for you. And we're going to, we're going to go very far in this business. And I try to always tell our clients that, you know, like, Hey, what made you want to sign me? You know, Hey, yeah, you're having success in the cage. That's one part. Um, I really try to look at how they acted outside the cage. How do they treated the fans? How do they work with their family and coaches, the type of interviews they're giving, who they are as a human being. Cause inevitably this is a relationship. We're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to, we're really going to do some people. People really don't understand um, how hard this sport is at times. And, and I really, you know, the UFC started to do something a little more behind the scenes, look at people like, you know, the, the thrill and the agony, they, they do that little series and, I don't understand the nerves and the energy that go into fighting for a million people when you win and lose. And to be in someone's small circle like that, you really, you really have to make sure it's the right fit for you. And, uh, you know, I, I really pride myself in that. And we've had to let a few clients go in the past because they, they just didn't fit our culture. And that's okay. That's, that, that's, yeah. totally, you know, um, so no John Jones, probably those types of people <laughs> you know I don't, I don't know john jones personally enough you know i've never worked with him so i, I can't really speak on it on experience you know yeah. uh you know i have some people that say they, they love him to death and i've had some people say they had a poor experience for me i always try to wait out to see how my experience is with you before i i make a claim because i'll be honest I, I represent clients now that maybe in the past i thought i had a maybe preconceived notion about and i'm like dude i really like him or her she, they're amazing and so you know you never judge a book by by its cover and um yeah i, I think as long as you protect the culture and that's going to make hard decisions hard to let people go at times but you have to do what's best for the group and what's best for the whole and right now i feel like we have a great group of athletes that i'm, I'm very proud of yeah i'm i'm loving a lot of the people we're working with james kraus for one he's like he's my best friend i love so yeah, he's like the <laughs> coolest dude, and then he just so happens to back it up with his fighting, and then his coaching is yeah. just every 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 UFC event, and even non UFC events, you're hearing his name, yeah, because he's representing uh, like coaching all these fighters who are excelling. It, it, it was really cool because James is one of my closest friends, and you know that fight week for the title fight. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I'll be 100 percent forthright. I was nervous as all hell. It I, I, there was so. Yeah. Thoughts going into my head, out of my head, and I'm so I really just focused on serving Brandon all week long. In my head, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna serve him and, and just ignore. Yeah, once if you don't win, oh, you couldn't win the big one. You know, kind of like a college coach, right? You're not really, you haven't really made it till you won the big one, you know. And you're kind of dealing with all these demons in your head a little bit. And um, James was just such a rock all week, and he was like, dude, this, you guys got this. This is your week, Jay. Put your shoulders <laughs> back. You're gonna get it. I'll never forget Brandon wins. I'm there with my wife. I'm emotional. I'm crying. James hops the fence, runs up to me and gives me the biggest hug. And I was so glad that we had that moment together because you get it, but very few people will get what it's like to even get a compete, a chance to compete to be on the mountaintop, let alone win on the mountaintop. Right. And so just to have James there, it just meant everything for me to have him there that night, you know, and to find, I don't know how he found me. I don't know how he found me in the crowd. He literally like jumped this thing. I just see him running at me and he's like, dude, and it was like a great moment, you know, it was caught on camera and, you know, I'm forever grateful for James because he's, he's been such a, a great guy for us. Yeah. He's amazing. Um, <clears throat> one thing you were saying about, you know, preparing the athletes for success, it um, sparked a thought in my mind as, a business owner who represent, you know, pays for the athletes to represent us. And, um, you know, just, I guess, business shop talk, whatever. We've never talked. Um, what I want, and it's kind of maybe a little bit difficult to articulate, but like, I think of like OJ Simpson or whatever and pre murders, he was selling every products. Yeah. And and like, and he would put, you could tell he put a lot of effort into promoting the brands he represented. And I, and we get that, but like, I I want people to fuck to sell this shit. You know what I mean? And not just necessarily wear it and not just, you know, 
have a picture, but like, you know, testimonial and, and like put it like tell people and, and really be enthusiastic about it, you know, and even maybe over, over sell it sometimes, like maybe embellish You're like, this is the best shit ever, you know? <laughs> And, and that's, and, you know, since we've never talked and I don't even know if I've ever really, I probably have told Jacob that, but just, you know, like they're athletes. And so it's a fine line, you know, you don't want them to be like, she's like, you know. Brandon's post yesterday. It was hilarious. The engagement on it was like through the roof, right? Yeah. Like girls commenting on, on the guys and he's just sitting here in these dope pair of <laughs> briefs. You're like, okay, let's go. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's he's killing it. He's in that video we made with him during the photo shoot with him yeah. and Yasmin was it's the coolest thing ever. And be me being able to hold the belt was surreal because I actually I do like vision boards once a okay. year yeah. and just, just for fun we'll get like a group of people together yeah. and we call it a you know like a vision board party and um, the last one I made I you know had just kind of really started putting more effort into the podcast. I've been doing podcasts for like five years on and off around like kitchen tables and stuff. But I put the, I got this picture of me with the microphone and it's just like my head and I cut it out and I put it on top of Rafael Josanos where he was holding the belt. Nice. And, uh, and I was really kind of implying that I wanted to be the world champion of podcasts. Yeah. But then six months later, I'm holding the belt, like a real belt on my shoulder just like he was holding out of his shoulder and so many of the things i've put on my vision boards have come true yeah. um and that that was just kind of a cool moment to when reality like meets your your hopes that and dreams me, that makes me really happy on my vision board i actually had a picture of um it was holding aldo when he won the belt and I, yep. and I and I really thought, man, I think I get the champion. And I always had like the I wrote on a little post-it like and new. And so all the week leading up to like probably for like two months, my wife was going nuts in the house. Could I be walking around going and new? Kept <laughs> saying it over, just trying to really embrace yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And I believe I, in that stuff. Ozzy from the UFC called us to go in the cage. I, I was not expecting that. I was just happy that we won the damn belt at the time. He called me and right when I walked in, Bruce was like, hey, dude. he came and gave me a hug. And I was like, Bruce, you have no, you have no idea how long I've waited for you, you say those damn words. But I just updated the vision board. Cause I have a picture of Brandon now with the belt and I put, and still, right. And, and, and that's the, the new, that's like our new thing. And you'll appreciate this cause you work with Brandon, but I think it was like two, three weeks before the fight he was commentating and he, and um, I was texting him something and he sent me a video and he said, hey, brother, I'm so ready. They're going to say, and dude, he said it all out, you know, like it just, I could just feel his energy. You know what I mean? I could just feel that he was so ready. You know, like I, I've never seen someone even backstage. He was cucumber. Cool. He was just so like, it was just a rite of passage almost, right? Like he was going to do it. And even now he's still a laser, but I love that you do vision boards because that's something that I've done. And I try to take pictures every year of my vision board and kind of see how they evolve. Like, okay, I got the, the range wherever I wanted. I got the, you know, every year other things yeah. that we had. And it's cool to see the growth because sometimes you don't look back and, and see the growth, right? Sometimes you don't, you're only seeing the next, the next mountain you want to climb. But sometimes it it's good to take a break and look back and reflect like, man, you told me two years ago I'd have this. I'd be like, man, this is amazing. Like, this is everything I wanted. Uh, um, we'll keep on this thread because, like, one thing that I noticed a few years ago was Henry Cejudo would he would do the whole like he would reenact or prior to the fight he would enact what he envisioned to happen you know walking out to the state uh, walking out to the ring yeah putting you know get, having his hand raised at the end and just he would I guess rehearse his victory and and for i mean he's the triple c you know so yeah. he made it happen whether it no i, I believe it like i'm blind check I, I try to visualize for about six minutes a day is like my goal right now okay and i visualize like going to the arena you know like having fun backstage with brandon watching him get his hands wrapped you know going out to the fight visualize how i thought the fight was going to play out and and then i visualized you know, uh, being backstage, you know, with the belt and taking that photo that we took and, 
you know, Entourage was always like my favorite show growing up. Right? I love Entourage because no matter what, all they had was each other. Right. That group of guys, they went through Hollywood together and thought, man, I'm going to take this photo. And even at the award show last weekend, right? Like we took this photo that I was dreaming about of us in tuxes and we cleaned house, took home three awards. And, you know, I try to visualize those things. And when they come, it was like, I told my wife the next morning, I was like, man, that literally went exactly how I thought about it. Like even to the hug and kiss that I gave you to being in the cage, to Brandon embracing me, to Brandon handing me the belt, you know, and you're like, oh my God, like, it's finally here, you know? So it's cool to see that you do it too. And it's always good to meet people that are in, in, in that space because, you know, sometimes, like you said, again, it sounds cheesy, right? People are like vision boards or, you know, you're doing this. But it's like, I truly believe you have to see it before you could ever do it. I truly believe if you can't even picture it, it's no way it's going to happen. You can't picture yourself doing the things that you're dreaming about. It's, there's not, there's no way. Right. Conceive, there's, believe, achieve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was visioning the after party, who I wanted there, you know, I'm doing shots with certain people. Like in my head, I had it all, you know, like what the next contract was going to look like in my head. Like I, you know, had it all dialed into my head and, man, I was like, dude, this works. <laughs> yeah, for years, and it hasn't happened yet. And, some, and you know, you got to think of it kind of like putting a seed in the ground and then yeah. the length of time that it will take for a tree yeah. to grow might be how long it takes for you to get that thing that you're trying <laughs> to grow. But um, I'll, you know, and I, I need to probably get back into it, but I would visualize myself standing at the nose of my private jet <laughs> yeah. rubbing the rubbing the you know the metal and then i could feel like the lettering of sheath that would be painted on and you know like to me that is a pinnacle of success if you have a plane you know <laughs> your own personal no i think i think you have to and i think that's I call it stretching, right? Like you got, you got to stretch to grow and you kind of have to, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want to think about that. That's never going to happen or, you know, and I'm like, no, you know, like now the goals change, right? Like now when I visualize, I'm like, dude, I need to make Brandon like Canelo, like Julio Cesar Chavez, like some of these Mexican greats, you know, and you know, a real good coach uh, that we work with coach Dave, he, he, uh, he told me once, he said, you know, Jay, you're, you're doing good. You've had a good couple years, but if you really want to do it, you got to run a decade. You got to, you got to, you got to fuck a decade up. You know? And I was like, <laughs> in my head, like at the time, it was like, I think it was like 2019, maybe when we just started really, I thought growing in this business. And I was like, Oh, he said, you got to run a decade. You want to be a great, you got to, you got to run a whole decade, start to finish. And then people really, that's your legacy. And he's right. Right. Like you see some of these college programs, like coach K at Duke basketball or a Dan Gable, Iowa wrestling or, John Wood and you say, I mean, dude, they were dominating for almost two decades. Yeah. And we kind of have to do that, right? But I think to do that, you constantly have to keep moving the marker on your visualization. You got to keep absolutely you got you got to keep doing it so that you can look back and say, Man, I've served and given to a lot of lives. And I hope when I die, my funeral is packed with people that are, you know, uh that, that can tell in their lives in some way, yeah. shape, or form, you know. And I think it's cool what she does because you guys are really grassrooting. You know, you're working with a lot of stars of tomorrow and stars of today. And I think that's great that you're doing that because man, like that money makes a huge difference, right? Like, I mean, that, that, that'll get them to stay the path and, and to help them keep the course. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see, you know, and, and uh, it makes me happy to, to be partnering with you guys and other people that are really bought into the cause and can see the, the value in these, in these athletes and where they're headed. And like I said, like whenever Brandon makes a post, it just, it blows my mind, you know, it blows my mind because <clears throat> two years ago we didn't know how we were going to feed the family. And and now he's, you know, got a great pair of your briefs on and there's, there's more comments on that post than he had followers probably a year ago. Right. If you really think about it, you really start like, that's, that's gnarly. When you think about it, you're like, man, life's a wild ride. It totally is. It, you know? is. And then seeing all the girls comment, I'm like, man, he's kind of a sex symbol. Like, go Brandon. Like, you know, like, <laughs> let's go Brandon. Brandon. You know, I'm not trying to God, oh, well. I'm just saying though, it's just crazy how how you 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 can change and 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 just how how it, when it happens, it happens so fast. I think it's like a slingshot, right? Like you're going backwards, you don't see yourself going, and then all of a sudden when it goes forward, it just goes 110 miles an hour. And you're like, oh man, we're doing it. <laughs> I I think I texted Jacob. <laughs> 
to uh, do a post saying something like "Let's go, Brandon," just to be funny. <laughs> People been telling me you got to make sure to say "Let's go, Brandon," and I, I told Brad, I said, "Bro, your next fight, the crowd's gonna chant let 'Let's go, Brandon' for sure. Like this is gonna happen." But Jason, I don't think he's like okay, like whatever, you know. He's not registering the political. Yeah, he just he's focusing yeah he's such a good dude he's just focusing on training and his family it's all he cares about <laughs> yeah he's amazing um are there any up-and-coming rising stars that you're you know uh preparing to buy uh, yeah, yeah th this 2022 class that we have is a, is a great class <laughs> a lot of good athletes that we're developing right now that i'm, I'm very excited for contenders it's going to be a great year and uh, you know i think every recruiting class we've had lately has just been standout class i'm just i'm just very happy and you know shows like fury fc and lfa they're doing a uh, you know cffc these shows are putting on amazing opportunities for these athletes to to grow and develop and to get their opportunity to compete for the big show yeah and they're great events you know i've been to yeah. the lfa and fury oh. here in colorado and just being <laughs> right next to the cage and i get the seats i got at the lfa fight in um in vail were right next to where when they walked out, heck yeah, they, they walked right by me, and I was just high fiving them all as they were coming out. And a couple of the fighters ended up coming and like sitting at our table to watch the fight <laughs> because we had the best seats, and that was cool just to be able to hang out with them. And um, I'm getting to know all their names, you know, because a lot of when I used to hear Rogan talking about fighters that weren't in the UFC, and I'm like, how do you even know who they yeah. are? And now I know a lot of fighters like Javier and um, this Josh and a lot of guys that are up and coming and I assume will make their way to the UFC pretty soon. So, well, yeah, we got quite a few guys that are going to be from that veil card will be who Who'd so, you say? Kobe Jones, oh, Josh, yeah. uh, Javier. I got quite a few guys coming up. are going to be hammers. Yeah. Um, who was I? Oh, Terrence McKinney. He's going to, yeah. I'm talking about, what a difference a year makes. He was two straight losses, not any, not on anyone's prospect board. Goes out and racks out five wins. I mean, and then he got like the fastest, our second fastest knockout in UFC history, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on his still debut, we're still not going like, oh my gosh, like. Yeah. I'm saying the, the 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 process will reward you. It really will. <laughs> um, so that made me think of like the looks of the fighters. It, it's harsh to say, but like if they're better looking, they're more marketable. And I feel like that is like a weird factor in the, in the whole rep, you know, representing at least sheath, but also just the organizations. I feel like they favor the better looking people like Paige Van Zandt, even though she wasn't like a winner, like a great winner. They featured her a lot cause she was yeah. pretty, you know, and, you know, Conor McGregor, whatever. He's a good looking guy. I, you know, no homo, whatever. And, uh, yeah. these, and, and I guess a lot of them are because there's, they're fit and they're young and, and healthy, but does it, I'm, I'm, I guess you can't really say whether that plays a factor in whether or not you sign someone. I mean, it's not, it doesn't play a factor in I sign someone, obviously, I mean, uh, you said it from a brand standpoint, I'm sure good looks help, but I, I always believe if someone has good energy and they're able to promote themselves and sell themselves, like if people get behind you. People, yeah. And you don't have to be. Like yeah. Authenticity and you give mm -hmm. a good interview, you get on the mic and you know, I've seen people really sway the crowd before. So, you know, I always tell people be, be you, you know, I think for a while there, there's a lot of people trying to, kind of emulate the Connor and how he came up. But I think everyone's come up needs to be different and unique in their own. Terrence has come up as his own. Brandon mm -hmm. Moreno has come up as, as his own. James Krause is, is his own. Cheeto Vera, same way. They've all come up in their own ways. And, and you know, it's been a pleasure. Like I always tell them, and then they, you know, your journey I've, I've enjoyed because everyone is so unique. Their own, each journey is so unique in its own right. I like Cheeto. Uh, and, and when he he hit me and he beat Sh uh, Sean O'Malley, that was that was probably pretty exciting for you. It definitely was. There, there was a lot of uh, bantering back and forth in that fight, and Sean obviously has a lot of hype. And you know, I not not to take anything away from Sean, but I feel like sometimes people were just sleeping on Cheeto, and that's what was kind of the frustrating part for me. So it was good to get that validation and to get that win. You know, I never try to take any credit from anyone. I think Sean's doing a great job promoting himself and. 
you know, he's had some great performances inside the octagon. With that said, not we took the fight with Cheeto for a reason, and I, you know, I think that fight went like I thought it would go. And yeah, because he's only, I mean, for me, Sean only fights like non-ranked fighters, and he pieces them up real good. But when he finally fought a a real fighter, I mean, and granted, his ankle rolled, and you know, we could call it a fluke, maybe, but. I would like to see that run back. <laughs> I mean, like I said, he's he's passed in Sean's defense. He's passed the test that were been put in front of him. So, so good for him, you know. Again, I just felt like people just at at that point in time, like now, I feel like Cheeto's getting the respect he deserves. He's ranked number eight in the world. He's really moved up the ladder, and I think people recognize the force that he is. Oh yeah. I just at the time that people were downplaying it, even that win. But you know, those kicks they make the leg then they go numb. They're, yeah. they're and people don't understand that. And people that are in the sport knew that it wasn't that he rolled his ankle. Those kicks made the difference. Oh, yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, like I said, I'm, I'm happy for Cheeto. Cheeto, Cheeto lived with me when he moved to America. Uh, you know, he married me and my wife. He was he was our ordained minister. Whoa. And he's a very close part of my family. And uh, just seeing how far he's come. I mean, if you, if you, if you saw the small town in Ecuador that he came from – Again, it'll make you believe anything is possible in this world. Yeah, anything totally. is possible. When you see how small his town is, and there's no MMA, no jiu-jitsu or anything, and he came up and did all that and found a jiu-jitsu school, and it's been amazing just just how far he's gone and how far he's going to continue to go. And, you know, his next fight, uh, we're in negotiations now. I can't say too much, but I think it will be a main event, and uh, I'm happy for him to get those opportunities because he deserves them. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's amazing. I I really enjoy him and hearing that story of him coming from Ecuador and <laughs> rags to riches, baby. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys represent Jillian Anderson? <clears throat> Who? Jillian Anderson? No. Uh, no, no. I think. She, yeah, okay. Because we've 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 uh, sponsored her a little bit and. I forget who I go through to, to sponsor certain fighters, but, and we've stopped. But this past weekend, she was the first fighter on the card, and she was she ended up choking the girl out. But during the process of getting choking the, her opponent out, the girl like reached back and was yeah, trying to like, her eyes out. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah, that was really <laughs> pretty. Uh, I watched every, almost every fight this past weekend. Was really good. Oh, it was a great card. Six Amazing. hours. I was like, yeah. just sitting there watching fights and really getting into it. I love the game and I love the fighters. And like you said at the very beginning, like people like the story of these fighters in the like because it's the just the will to succeed and you know like the belief in themselves and the getting back up when they've taken a loss and it's like Rocky. You know, it's not how many times you can get hit; it's how many times you can get back up or whatever or, yeah. or how hard you can hit but how many times how hard you can get hit and get back up yeah i messed that up i gotta work on that one <laughs> yeah i mean like you said you see it you see it so many times that guys that face adversity and they come back and their success i mean i've seen guys get cut from the ufc and work their way back like christos yagos and Luis smoka and Randy moreno and you see these stories and it's just it's so humbling and so motivating to see, mm -hmm. see them go back and that because right i mean it's got to be a humbling a feeling to go back to the regional scene fight in front of a thousand two thousand people everyone asking what happened thought you're in the ufc get those wins come back i mean it's it's impressive yeah it's and i look at it sort of like a metaphor for life you know like that that's life in the cage you're battling against the world like, you know and and do or die or you know and you can just coast through life and not really think of life that way but if you're kind of a an animal and you want to be the king of the mountain like a lion yeah that's what those guys are doing and yeah. seeing them do it day week you know every day in day out weekend every, there's fights every weekend it's yeah. uh just shut re reinforces that it's it's nonstop. It never ends, and you got like with our business. There's no really taking time off. You got to we we play every day. Yep. And one of the you know so it, we paused earlier because I was like having a 
moment, but because I was thinking like too many thoughts at the same time. And and one of the things I was thinking also is like on my vision board, I have like on each one now, I always put multiple ch- people. They might not be a champion, but they're, they, they have their hands raised. It's that moment right yeah. when they won and they're like, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, they say in these success books that you want to feel as though you're, you have the thing that you're, you're wanting is that you already have it and that, and, and what that would feel like. And, you know, I might, so I kind of like imagine myself with X amount of dollars in the bank, which I know it's not all about the money. I know that, but, um, that, you know, and then, but having that feeling, cause I've, I imagine like if I had a million dollars deposited in my bank, I'd be feeling like, Oh, I have a picture of Dustin Poirier when he won. Nice. Uh, he didn't win this weekend, but you know, when yeah. he won and he's like, just that, moment it's yeah. such a it's just a moment but you capture that and you put it in a bottle and that feeling yeah is like nothing else you know like there i, I mean i imagine it's better than sex or heroin or anything oh it's gotta be <laughs> yeah right and just, but just for a second and, and then you know you can like reflect back on it but that feeling is kind of what i'm chasing in my you know, efforts of, of building sheath to be a successful awesome. business. You, you work hard for that very small moment. Yeah. Very, very small moment. And then, yeah, I'll never forget. We, we won the title and uh, on a Saturday and, you know, Sunday we're celebrating doing this. And on Monday, Jiva, my jiu-jitsu coach this day, texts me, and basically said, you know, get back, get your ass back to work. Like the same exactly. bus, victory party is the same bus that will take you back through hell again to go do it again. And you want that moment. You want that moment with Brandon in the cage. You want it. You want to feel that exhilaration that feel, you better get your butt back in there and run it all over again. Because I guarantee Figueroa's coming out like a bat out of hell, right? I'm sure Figueroa's coming in 109. He wants his belt back, you know, and that's, great, let's go, you know, and his team's doing everything they can to beat us and our team's doing everything they can to beat him. And you're right. If you want those moments of exhilaration, you're going to have to pay the iron price for it. And that's what people don't realize. Like the moments of victory are so small. Mm-hmm. So even, even if you said the million dollars in the bank, like it would happen. And then in an hour, yeah. you're probably like, I don't get I two million. You know, <laughs> we said at the same time, like, I love it, you know, but that's really like, you know, and, you know, and, 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 and that's why Brandon's been hashtagging like job not finished or something like that. He's been hashtagging lately. I think I saw him put, you know, and I think, uh, he knows that he needs to show people that, you know, we're the real deal. He's and, the real deal. Yeah. I love his form, his, um, like he has that. And I talked about him a little bit on the podcast we did with him, but that Mexican boxing style yep. and just those tight shoulders. And I love his style. He's got it, you know, and he, and just you know, like being Mexican, they happen to just be tough motherfuckers apparently in these, in the boxing and, and everything with life, you know, they're the hardest working. Have you, have you gone down to TJ? I have, I've been there. Yeah, but not anytime recently. When I used to live in Orange County, I went down. A you, you have to go with Brandon Moreno. Okay. Oh, I you, bet it's amazing. You you have to see this. Like he just walks around like a god or what? I mean, a superstar. I feel like there's pressure. I feel like when the people are crying and they're so happy to see you and and they're they're telling you what a difference you've made and how much you know how proud they are to be a, a Mexican because of him and and know. I know I don't want to call it a burden. I'll say the responsibility that is upon him and how serious he takes it. And it's something like I've ever seen before. When I went with him on that media tour, I looked at him. I said, brother, like the impact you've made is amazing to me. There, there's, there's some kid in Mexico right now training with a Brandon Moreno shirt on and he wants to be like you. And he's sitting there and he's doing the Brandon Moreno, you know, like, I mean, ah. I mean it's, I said, you'll never know like the trickle down effect that you'll have the rest of your life. Like by you accomplishing your dream, you've motivated and allow others to achieve theirs down the road. And I, I don't think sometimes he realizes it. Cause again, he's focused. He knows what he has to do, 
but from an, from someone a part of his team, it's it's amazing to see just how he handles it with such grace and the responsibility that he has. Because man, that town is over the moon for him. I mean, they're just it's it's insane. It's crazy. I mean, I I can only imagine. I know um, one of my my sister in law. Her she's from Mexico, and her brother is like idolizes him and you guys were cool enough to get me a signed pair of Brandon Marino gloves and we sent it to him. He's going to get them for Christmas. And so he, I'm sure he's going to be very excited about that. Yeah. Cause it's a big deal. Like Brandon, he is such a great represent representative, you know, yeah. of Mexico and the UFC and Iridium and sheath. It's, yeah. um, you know, once in a lifetime. You, you know, now that you're from Orange County, you know, that's kind of my, where I grew up. So to have him fight Anaheim, Ooh, for me, yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's like a coming home party. It's like, uh, that I can't even dream of as a kid, right? Like you're a client fighting in your, your home arena, the arena closest to your home in front of all your friends and family to, to have them defend the title, uh, you know, against a very formidable foe, someone that you've had a long history with in a trilogy. Uh, you look back on it and it's just like, man, this is, I, man, I never could have dreamed of, I couldn't have written a better script. So. Yeah. Like Figueredo, I like to just say that Figueredo, but, uh, <laughs> he, the God of war, isn't that his name? Uh, yeah. Well, he got Brandon beat, a god and made him <laughs> kind of look weak but i think i guess figurado has a hard time making the weight yeah is that accurate yes and so that's can i mean that's just an advantage i guess we'll, we'll keep that for what it is um and yeah we'll see we'll see he, he we'll see but uh did it is i don't play the ufc game you know like the the mm -hmm like the PlayStation I've played it like once, like 10 years ago, but is, is Brandon on there? Yes. As a champ and everything. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't, I don't play it too much or I've never played it, but uh, I know he's in there. I know he's in the game. Okay. Cause yeah. when you did that thing with your hands, it made me think, cause they always take their, their uh, moves and, and, you know, put them in the game. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, hopefully he reigns. He's still, he's not even 30, right? No, not even. Yeah. Hopefully he reigns for like a decade, like you said. You know? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the goal, you know, to, to expand it and to, you know, create generational wealth for him right now and to make sure that his, you know, we're the godparents to his kids. And, uh, you know, I love, I love those girls with all my heart. And it's extra motivation to make sure that they're going to live a very, very good life. <laughs> wow. That's a beautiful thing. He always jokes around me. He's like, brother, you're spoiling them. I'm like, bro, that's what the godparent's supposed to do. Like, you're supposed to be the disciplinarian, and I get to have all the fun, you know? They want McDonald's and donuts. They're getting McDonald's and donuts, you know? They want uh, that, you know? Like, so we, we laugh about it, but all of his girls are sweethearts, and they, they have, you know, both him and Shirley's personalities, and they're amazing people, so it's awesome. Until, um, we're going to wrap it up soon in, like, two seconds, but I did want to ask about Yasmin. And how oh, she's doing. The future. Uh, she's she's gonna be a, a champ someday. I and, bet. Uh, you know, I'm I'm very excited to be a part of her journey and I see how hard she works. She's in Las Vegas a lot with us and she's an amazing fighter and even better human being. And you know, right now she's with Combate and we're we're competing for them and, and, and you know, obviously that three wins in one night in the tournament and and really put us on the map and i'm very excited to see who the next opponent is but i mean she's she's the future of the sport so you're just getting her ready and you're not trying to rush her and to get in yeah i mean she, she's a special talent and you know we're just developing her properly and, and making sure that you know when she's ready to go she'll go everyone's different i've had people go in the ufc at five and oh i've had people go in the ufc at 18 and four it's different strokes for different folks. You constantly have to analyze everyone after each fight and then make that decision. And, uh, you know, we're very excited for her. And I think her being able to experience what Brandon's going through is only going to help her and, and pay dividends down the road. Exactly. Being a, like, 
the five people you hang out with the most is who you become, right? So, yeah. and I, I buy into that as well. Like, you can't help but be influenced by these people. Yep. And why would you put yourself around like losers? No, you know, to, to hang out with winners or hang out with the people who are doing what you want to do. Exactly. And then you'll be able to get there a lot easier. So that's a lesson for you guys out there. These two relatively successful entrepreneurs. Heck yeah. We're, you know, in the prime, we're still on our way to the top, but sure. we're uh, definitely having some successes. Yeah. <laughs> so take it for what it's worth. Thank you, Jason, for coming on today. I really appreciate yeah. it. No problem. Yeah. Great. I, uh, yeah, I've been. It's been a long time coming. We never really talked, so thanks I'm again. Glad. And we, I, look, I look forward to working with you for many years to come. Likewise, brother. Likewise. Heck yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, thank you everyone for coming on. It's been another episode of the Robert Patton Global. We're going to be moving to a new channel, the Robert Patton Global channel. But. Uh, I'll give more information about that and we will see you next time. Peace.